Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of Sports Yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. This is Kyle Richards, the creator of the Total Sports Recall logo and owner of Abstract Sports, and you are listening to the Total Sports Recall podcast, a part of the Sports History Network. Now, here's your host, Harv Aronson. Since 1881 is Allegheny to the Pirates plundering the National League. More than a hundred years later, still packing the seats. Every run we screaming out passionately. Won the first World Series on force field. Team spirit don't crack, got a force field. Ask the opponents, keep you on your heels. Stay tougher than steel in every ordeal. We had the legends, Stargell, Clemente. Names still ring bells in the burg after decades. You don't want to see the Pirates on your best day. Keep the gold pee on on my dome more than headaches bucks in my blood since my great-grandparents from wagner to hayes greatness we inherit cold brews in a hot dog i won't share it celebrating out here with the pirate parrot yeah, yeah, yeah. raise it raise it raise a jolly ride raise it up. raise it raise it raise a jolly ride raise it up. in the building and you know we do it proper raise it raise it raise a jolly ride Welcome to the Total Sports Recall Podcast. Being from Pittsburgh, I am obviously a huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan, but I also follow the other professional teams in town, namely the Penguins and the Pirates. I began following sports in 1971, and my favorite team was naturally the Pirates. My boyhood boyhood hero was the great Roberto Clemente, and I've been following the Pittsburgh team since. I like to focus on sports history, so it is a great honor to have as my guest on the show the Pittsburgh Pirates official team historian, Mr. Jim Tridenich. Before we bring Jimmy T, as he likes to be called onto the show, a little background about Jim. As I graduated from Slippery Rock University of Pennsylvania in 1982, four years later, Jim Tridenich also graduated from The Rock. So we have something in common more than both of us growing up in Pittsburgh. Jim's first relationship with the Bucks began with an internship with the Pirates in their public media relations department in the summer of 1985, just before his final year at Slippery Rock. After graduation, he returned to the Pirates to assist the team's public relations department in miscellaneous cap- capacities. Then came Jim's first official full-time job, and it could not have been a better experience as he was hired by Major League Baseball to be the assistant to Katie Feeney in the National League office in New York City. Feeney was with Major League Baseball for an amazing 40 years, having served under six different baseball commissioners. Jim was working with Feeney when she was the vice president of public relations for the National League, and when she retired, she held the position of senior vice president of club relations and scheduling. Sadly, she passed away on April 1st, 2017 at the tender age of 68. But Jimmy T was her assistant, gaining much valued experience in a baseball office. After working for Katie Feeney for two years, Jimmy T was hired by the Pittsburgh Pirates in the position of assistant director of media relations that came in 1989. In 1991, Jim was promoted to director of media relations, becoming the youngest public relations director in Major League Baseball at just 26 years of age. For the next 32 years, Jim worked this role until he transitioned to the role of team historian 
2022. With that said, let us welcome Jim to the show. And Jimmy T, it is an honor to have you on Total Sports Recall, knowing that I have been a Pirate fan for 53 years. And you being the team's historian, while my passion is for sports history, making this a very anticipated interview. Well, thank you for having me, Harv. I'm a, it's, it's an honor to be here. But, yeah, I think when I got transitioned over to Team Historian, it was like, oh, you've been here long enough. You might as well just be the t- Team Historian. But I take it with a lot of pride. I mean, I like you, I've been growing up in Pittsburgh area. I've been a Pirate fan all my life and Penguins, Steelers, Pitt basketball, Pitt football. So it's been it's been a passion of mine. And to, and to land a job after my internship full-time with the Pirates was a dream come true. Oh, that's awesome. And I envy you. Uh, my first question to, be, to you, Jim, is going to be, what were some of your responsibilities in the National League office? Well, back then, I was, it was <laughs> it's funny because I was my first real job out of college, and I'm 22, 23 years old living outside the city of, of Manhattan, but working in the city and just carrying my briefcase, and it contained like a muffin and a, new, and a newspaper, just walking up the streets. <laughs> but um, Katie Feeney, obviously her dad was uh, Charlie Feeney, the former president of the National League, and she hired me to be her assistant. And it, it was more or less um, dealing with just a lot of the goings-on in, 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 the, in the league office. Back then there was a National League and American League office. There were nine of us. There was the, the, the president who was uh, Bart Giamatti at the time, and then it was Phyllis Collins, who was a, uh, the president, of the, the uh, vice president of the league, a waiver and records girl, uh, Ed Vargo, who was the umpire supervisor then, his assistant, Katie Feeney, and then me. So there was only in about, like I said, seven or eight of us, and assisted Katie with a bunch of stuff. We did the, uh, the Green Book, which was like the Bible for everything before the uh, Internet came around. But you had to have a Green Book, and the American League had the Red Book, and it was just rosters on all the players and, and statistics and we would proofread this and put it to print and uh, ready to go in february march just a bunch of different things i mean people would come in and out of the office bart giamatti's son paul at the time before he became a big actor paul giamatti would come in. i remember seeing him when he was probably in his 20s and uh, now he's a big time actor wow. academy cap so ted turner would come through it was just it was just like not in awe but it was just like great being there and working in the in the major league A's office and then Major League Baseball itself was one floor below us uh, at 350 Park Avenue. So we had Major League Baseball in, in, in the National League and American League office right above it. So it was it was a, it was my uh, opening salvo into into my career in baseball. Oh my gosh! And uh, you learn something new every day. I had no idea Paul Giamatti's father was Bart Giamatti. There you so go. Now I've learned something new. That's very very interesting. Uh, well, as public relations director for the Pirates, now what was your primary role in that position? Well, when I came back, I was the assistant for a while, for a couple of years, and then became director. But it was it was taking every taking at the time every road trip, so it was I, actually at this time of year you go to spring training. My first spring training was 1992, so um, I would go to spring training, you know, kiss my wife goodbye and tell her I'll see you in October because that was basically wow. it. Wow! Um, oh my gosh! It, it's it's a long, consuming eight months of the season, uh, and and mm-hmm. got willing to make the playoffs and go to the World Series. Unfortunately, we've never, we haven't done that during my career, but it was just sure. more or less dealing with the media, dealing with the players, getting them to do interviews, uh, national level, the, the one of the beat writers of the Pirates mm-hmm. and uh, issuing credentials to people. It was just all consuming everything you had to deal with players, media. That was our responsibility. And also producing the media guide, uh, which we still do. Um, a lot of teams are now going to just um, online only, which I think we are doing as well just a few print cop- copies in print, but it was basically everything dealing with the media and dealing with the players fell under my umbrella. Yeah. 
And uh, I always say uh, I, that we were fortunate. Uh, I might be a little older than you, but I think four years. But growing up in the 70s, that was the best time to grow up. I always tell everybody that the sports was amazing in the, the that decade and early 80s. And growing up in Pittsburgh, we were spoiled. Um, of course, we had the 71 Pirates when I started following them. And they won the World Series. And eight years later, 79, I actually went to all three games uh, of the World Series in Pittsburgh. So um, we were used to winning back then, not just with the Pirates, the Steelers as well. Uh, but now you're the team historian. So tell our listeners about that role you've had now for two years. It, it was, it was, it's a, it's an honor actually, because no one, we've never had one. And, um, I, um, and diving into history fascinates me. And obviously the Pirates have been around since 1882. So you're talking 140 years of, of history. So it's, it's great, and obviously you can go back to the Hannes Wagner and Fred Clark, that team, and you know, and we were a dynasty back in the 1900s. Obviously, sure. played in the first World Series, lost that one, mm -hmm. but I think just doing, I do a little bit uh, on my Twitter uh, on this date in Pirate history once the season starts gets going, and that's been fun, just diving back in and, and finding out little tidbits, little odd, odd, odd facts and figures about the Pirates. But I'm also trying to. There's a, a lady named Janet Marie Smith who does a lot of work in Dodger Stadium and Camden Yards in Baltimore and some stuff in Atlanta. If you've been to PNC Park in the last two years, you've seen how we've changed. And uh, along the concourse, the main concourse, we've added a bunch of banners and historical mm -hmm. uh, historical things uh, just to, 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 to liven up the, the concourse. The Riverwalk now has the flags uh, of all the championship seasons. Along the lower Riverwalk, we put concrete baseballs of – Pirate Hall of Famers, and then I oversee the Hall of Fame induction, which we started that in 2022 as well with our first 19 members and then four last year, working on a couple more for this year. So it's an all-encompassing thing, but no one's ever done it before, so it's you can't like, well, Joey did it this way. Well, Jimmy T, yours is yours. Go with it. And I, I think for the last two years, I think I've done a great job, and it's only going to get better. Yeah, I would love to see that. Uh, I know a, a lot of the younger people today, uh, they don't understand the history. Uh, they don't know how rich of a history the Pirates have. I mean, it's just amazing right. uh, some of the teams they've had in the past. And, of course, you know, like you said, they were in the first World Series, 1925. They won it. 1927, the Yankees, unfortunately, mm -hmm. murdered row, uh, beat them in four straight. And then, of course, we've got 1960 with Bill Mazeroski being one of the biggest heroes in Pirates history ever with the walk-off home run. Uh, so they have a very rich history, and, and it's worth uh, doing something like you're doing and making sure it's never forgotten, for sure. Right. It's um, it's it's, been, it's cool, too, just to uh, go back and, and, and talk to some of these guys, because Maz, we've known for a while, and I actually mm -hmm. was there at the, his Hall of Fame induction in 01, when we got to go to Cooperstown and hang out with him, and and obviously health is uh, and age is getting catching up to him, but and putting and, and figuring out who's going to go in the next class. You know, Jim Leland's going to go in the National Baseball Hall of Fame this mm. year, so he's being considered sure. for hours as well. So, it's mm. it's just fascinating, and just seeing some of the guys. And I know we've dealt a lot. And you were talking about the '70s, and then obviously '60s. Mm -hmm. We won three World Series in that 19-year span, and the '70s were obviously yeah. great. Um, mm -hmm. Would like to get back there again. I know this is yeah. it's 45 years this year of the 1979 oh World gosh. Series. So it's. And we keep bringing guys back, and I think there's only mm -hmm. eight remaining, seven or eight from the 60 team, a few more from wow. the 79 team. So it's mm -hmm. – the, but we have to try to not only educate the current people, the fans of the old-time guys, but even like you're talking about 20, 30, 30 years ago is when we won the division with Leland. So that's 30 years ago. It's sure. like it yeah. just time goes so fast. And even we, last year we celebrated the 10-year anniversary of the wild card game. 
which was hard to believe oh that God. that happened 10 years ago. So we brought AJ Burnett back. We brought Russell Martin wow. back, Jordy Mercer back last year, and Jason Grilly did mm-hmm. some stuff for us. So we have Neil Walker on our broadcast team. So it's, it's like you talked about, and I said, it's a, it's a long, long, vast history of pirate baseball, and it's something I really, really take pride in doing. Yeah, and Neil has a very interesting story because obviously he's from Pittsburgh. His father, Tom, played baseball. Um, and I'm sure you know the story a bit in 1972, Roberto Clemente's plane. Tom Walker was supposed to get on that plane, and Clemente told him, no, no, you stay home with your family. Um, and it's just unthinkable to think that if he had got on that plane, we would not have Neil Walker today. It's just it's very bizarre. Uh, and I don't know if everybody knows that story, but, yeah, Tom Walker was supposed to be on that plane. Right. And then, uh, unfortunately, we just lost Tom uh, a couple months ago and a uh, great oh, guy. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was oh, wow. he was uh, friends and with uh, with Roberto. Yeah. And he was supposed to be on the plane. And Roberto says, no, no, you spent time. It was New Year's Eve and you spent time with yes. your family. So mm-hmm. he went back and spent time wow. with his wife. And so it's 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 crazy how they you know, one little one little thing, message from a man could uh, change someone's life forever. Absolutely. And I bet he lived with that his entire life. Right. Uh, well, since the 2016, the Bucs have had just one winning season after 20 consecutive losing seasons leading up to the 2013 playoffs. Last season, the team made some strides. So I want to know, Jim, from your vantage point, uh, what is the outlook for this season? Do you think the Pirates will improve on last year's 78-86 record? <laughs> I always go in <laughs> to every season hopeful. And, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's, and then last year, my goodness, we started out 20-8. It was like, this can't be happening. And then you much as you want to ride it, it is a long six month season. And obviously we went eight and 18 in April and May and came back to uh, 500. But uh, the outlook on this season, I mean, it's uh, people say we need pitching, 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 and every team does. And I know we have, well, a few, a few new guys with Marco Gonzalez and um, Martin Perez from, uh, we got from Texas mm-hmm. and I'll go along with Mitch Keller. So, mm-hmm. and we just have to put stock in those younger guys like Quinn Priester mm-hmm. And uh, Luis Ortiz and Ronzi Contreras, and hopefully they can work out the kinks that they had last year. They took a little bit of regress, and hopefully they're better this year. But um, I think we probably should be fighting for that 75, 85 win plateau. Um, you know, and, and like you, we look at the, what um, Arizona did last year and how they only won six, six or seven, six more games than we did, and, and made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So you, you you don't know. I mean, it's like it's, anything can happen. Obviously, losing Cruz last year on the first, second week of the season was a dramatic hurt to us. So, um, Koch, I saw him the other night. He's had his, his ankle seems his Achilles seems to be fine, so he's he's he should be good to go. And having Telezit for, I mean, it's you never know, Harv. It's 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 a long season, so we just you have to stay healthy and hope you're pitching. I'll put it this way: the back half of the bullpen got a heck of a lot stronger getting Chapman in there. And having Bednar and, and a lot of people are, are raving about our bullpen. So if you have a lead after the sixth inning, I, I feel confident that we're going to hold on to those games. Well, that's good. We'll, we're going to hope for much success there. So I have a good one for you here, Jimmy T. As a team historian and as I'm a sports history buff myself, give me you. You give me, I mean, the uh, five greatest Pirates players ever, in your opinion. Uh, right off the bat, I get to go with Hannes Wagner. Um, obviously one of the best shortstops, but obviously the first induction class, uh, the hall of fame and he could do no wrong. And the more I, and his, well, actually two weeks from today. Yeah. The 24th is going to be the 150th anniversary of his birth. So I know wow. they're doing some stuff at the Carnegie, um, uh, historical society where the, the hall of fame is, uh, <coughs> Hannes Wagner hall of fame is so, excuse me, <coughs> but Hannes would be number one. 
And then you make a case for Paul Wayner, another great player of the 20s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Clemente would obviously Absolutely. be on that list. Absolutely. Greatest right fielder ever, defensively anyway. Yep. And then you're, you really have to break it down. I mean, Ralph Kiner, the great home run hitter. The, I'm, I'm, I'm coming up with a lot of Hall of Famers, and we had a lot of Hall of Famers. Yeah. That's um, I'm trying to think of a pitcher that would qualify the top top five, but I, I don't know. I'd have to go back with probably the other one would probably be Arky Vaughn because another another guy from the yeah. 20s that was great one of the hitter. best players ever. Yep. So yeah. those, those five. <laughs> Man, so I suddenly can't uh, talk here. That's Go a, I got you choked up on five greatest pi- players ever. <laughs> uh, it's tough. They, they have so many great players in their history. I mean, it's hard to exclude even Willie Stargell. Um, and, and they have a lot of great character players as well. Um, we've talked about this in previous podcasts, uh, how great a human being Willie Stargell was. And I've been fortunate to talk to a few people that actually met him in person and say he's, he's just as great a person as you see him on camera as he is a person and i don't know if you ever had a chance to meet him but i told somebody the other uh a couple of podcasts ago that i've never met him personally but just watching him seeing him on camera listening to him talk for most pittsburghers you almost feel like you're related to the guy like he's a, a grandfather or something he just comes across camera that way he got i got to uh, know him a few times because he would come to spring training and he would you take it for granted. Now you, you mentioned that, you, you know, duh, I whiffed on Willie Stargell. <laughs> obviously, he'd be up there. Dave Parker seeing, you said, like, the yeah. people I saw play would be, that those two would be obviously up sure. there. So maybe maybe we'll re uh, uh, go go for the five I, that mm-hmm. I've ever seen play. But got to see Willie, got to know him, and he would come to spring training and, and would hang in a cart with, like, Mazeroski. And then John Candelari mm-hmm. would be standing behind him. I'm like, well, I wow. pinch myself because I'm talking to these guys who – I grew yeah. up loving to watch play. I never really got to sure. see Maz play, but I mean Parker, mm-hmm. Stargell, Candelaria, Rennie Stennett, Omar Marino, all those guys would be coming. I'm like, my gosh, I watched these guys play. And and, mm-hmm. and it's, it's it's phenomenal to see him. But Willie, like you said, was a true gentleman. Sit there and talk mm-hmm. and tell stories. Steve Blass, another guy who would tell great stories. And oh, yeah. just mm-hmm. being able to rub shoulders with the with the players that I, I grew up loving and watching it would just and it's I, I never take it for granted the job I'm doing because it's like it's I'm living a dream. Yeah, and you're and you're working for a, a great team for that kind of role too, because the, their history is so rich and there's so many great players. I think you would have to expand that top five to a top fifteen because there's so oh, yeah. many. Uh, you could include out Oliver, who's another great player. Uh, of course, Manny Sangin, uh, so much fun to watch. I mean, it, the list could go on and on and on. Uh, but going back to that wild card game uh, in 2013 against Cincinnati. That game was obviously played at PNC, became known as the Cueto game, <laughs> simply because fans in attendance were chanting Cueto to try to get inside the head of Reds pitcher Johnny Cueto. I'm telling you, Jim, that is the greatest thing I've ever seen by fans in 53 years of watching baseball. They rattled Cueto to the point where he dropped the ball on the mound, and then Russell Martin took him deep for a home run. Uh, that's a moment I think will forever be remembered by Pirate fans everywhere. What do those moments mean to you? Were you at that game? <laughs> Was I, I was at that game, and it was like <clears throat> the build-up to that game. I mean, I lived through the – I worked when I was working for the Pirates in the 90s. My worst day ever as a Pirate was the 92 playoff game that we – Oh, my gosh. Dream. So that was my absolute worst, and the absolute best was the wild card game. Just the build-up of that. I mean, you, and the anxiety building in the office. And <clears throat> my office is at PNC Park in, in, in left field. And just to see the fans – 
I was there by eight o'clock in the morning and it was like just the buildup of the whole day. Mm. And, and then having the 20 years of losing just, it was a big release for everybody. I mean, a few people jumped off the bridge and <laughs> out of oh, excitement no and it was just oh, no, cannonballs into the Allegheny river. And it was just like, but and on top of all that, it was my job to like post game, get guys for TBS post game and, and taking Russell Martin and, 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 um, Liriano, Marlon Bird to the interview room and dealing with Clint Hurl. So that was my job. But but living it and working at the same time, you had to. Yeah, I always tell people now they go to the playoffs and World Series, they sit back and try to enjoy the moment because you get so wrapped up in doing your day to day duties and your work, you you kind of lose grasp of oh my gosh, this is great. And and I'm one of the few I think that work for a team that I grew up in the same city of watching and, and, and loving the team and some other guys around the league. You know, maybe from Arizona, is working for the Dodgers, or the LA guy from is working for the the, the Mets. So it's 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 great for me to be doing what I'm doing. But yeah, you ask if I was there, I was there, and it's like I've seen every game probably, and not in person since 1989, 1990. So it's wow, it's uh, you know a lot of on the road. I've I've seen a lot of stuff, and it's it's and I again I never take it for granted. And then like these 30, this is my 40th year in baseball coming up, and it's my 36 with the Pirates full time. So. Every day, I tell people, I said, whenever you watch a game, like, what's your what, what's the best part of your job? I said, the best part. Oh, when I was PR guy, was it's like Christmas Day. You never know. You, you're opening up a gift, or it's like your birth, and you're opening up a gift. Nine of them, you know, nine innings of baseball is the best because you never know what you're going to see. You can see a no hitter, sure, or homer game. You can see the blackout game. You never know. Well, I'm sure there's many Pirate fans that are going to be listening to this, uh, me included. Very jealous. I mean, that, you must be living the dream. But I got to ask you, was it as loud in the stadium as it sounded on video? It was. It was It was very, I mean, very loud. And, and our perch in the press box and overseeing everything and the blackout, it, it was great. It was, oh, it was very loud. And I'm, I should say <clears throat> the game when we faced Arietta a couple of years ago, uh, a couple of years later and when we lost, but it was rocking. And I just remember we were down. Three nothing it was first and second, and Marte was up, and he it was loud, and, and he grounded into a double play, and that ended it, and it was like the pin, you know, in, in a bubble. But but yeah, to answer your question, it was it was very loud, and just the, it was on the other night on MLB Network, and I watched it again. Oh, it, it's one of those things, and because I didn't see the game in its entirety on yeah. TV because I was there, so and just to, just to hear it, and then the ninth inning, and when when Grilly got the, the final out, the ground ball to Walker, and throws over to Morneau. And it was just like, ah, it was just, it was phenomenal. I just I get, get, get goosebumps just thinking about it right now. Oh, yeah, I'm telling you, I've watched it. The first time I watched the video, I was just like, this is unreal. And I watched it again, and I watched it again. And I'll tell you what, I've probably watched that thing 15 times. It never gets old. Nope, just never. That, that one little series of moments that you'd watch a million times. Uh, it's kind of unfortunate that that team was not able to be kept together because what a great team. Oh yeah, um, and I think the following year was that the year they made the divisional, or was it the following year? Um, no, the, the first year is when we made the divisional, and then the last next yeah, two yeah. years we got shut out by Bumgarner and right. Arietta, who went on to be yeah. the MVPs of the playoffs. So we and we didn't score; we still haven't scored in the postseason game in the last two years. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, two thousand thirteen, I really thought they were going to get to the World Series. I thought they were that good. Yep, um, they were. And one complaint, well, before we get there, Sid Bream, we brought that up. Um, mm -hmm. I have a Sid Bream story about that moment because I was in New York at the time and a friend of mine was a huge Mets fan, I think, or something. But he knew I was watching that game at home. Uh, and the moment 
And I swear to him, the moment that Bream foot touched that plate, my phone rang. And I knew exactly who it was. <laughs> and he just, I pick up the phone and my friend's just laughing at me. And yeah, of course, I right. cursed at him. Good friend, huh? Good so, friend. Yeah, right. And <laughs> Sid Bream. Rub it in. And Sid Bream is a great guy. I mean, I got, I know Sid and he's, yeah. and he almost feels bad when we ask him to do stuff. But <laughs> it's like, and that, but oh, that no. really, and, I, and I'm not going to dwell on that game, but if Jose Lean makes that the play, the ground, easy ground ball. We gave them four outs that inning, and we would have we would have been out of it. So, but anyway, let's let's talk about better things. Yeah, right. Uh, well, one complaint um, I hear a lot from Pirate fans often, and um, we'll see how you want to answer this, but they say ownership does not spend enough on the free agents. So, how do you respond to that? It's it's one of those things. It's like it, each market is his own, and it's easier to spend other people's money when you don't. You know, you know, it's easy for us as fans or or, or front office people to say spend, spend, spend. Well, it's not our money to spend. So, um, I know we, we at the one point. I mean, we had the one of the highest payrolls in baseball in the '90s, and things things change. Um, and I know Bob personally, and but he cares. He wants to win. Who doesn't? You don't want to go into every season thinking, oh, we're going to mm-hmm. see how bad we can be this year and hopefully I went, uh, earn a lot of money. But it's not that way. I mean, it's we just have to spend a little bit differently than the Mets, Dodgers, the big money teams mm-hmm. can can spend. So I just take it and say, hey, we're, 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 we're trying to go out and we put a, he puts a lot of trust in his player development team to go out and get the guys that he thinks can mm-hmm. can help us win. And do you think that uh, salar- the salary cap will ever come to baseball? We we keep you know salary cap salary floor. Everybody's hope is to have that done and, and make it a little. It was a little sketchy there, a little bouncing around. But I think the salary cap is one of those things yeah. that should come. But hopefully, hopefully it does come. Andrew Kutch, as people like to know him, McCutcheon. He left the team in 2018, much to the disappointment of Pirate fans. Then he played for the Giants, Yankees, Phillies, and Brewers before coming home. Kutch is a very special person, a great athlete. Of course, uh, an amazing baseball player. Aside from Willie Stargell or Brooke Clemente, he might be one of the most admired baseball players in Pittsburgh. Your thoughts about Kutch? Kutch is one of the best. Um, obviously, he was just uh, named Pittsburgher of the Year by Pittsburgh Magazine, and we had a little function for him in the magazine the other night, and I just told him, I said, you know, I've known you since we drafted you in 2005 and made his debut in nine, and he really hasn't changed. And when we, when we found out that he, he – it's a funny story because when he came back, <clears throat> I was sitting on my couch and – the day before we announced it, he texted me just the pirate skull and crossbones. I'm like, what does this mean? That was all it was. And I said, are you coming back? He goes, yeah, we're probably going to announce it tomorrow. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is great news. So obviously it was great news, and he came back. And another big roar, like we talked about earlier about the wild card game last year on opening day at PNC Park when he got a standing ovation when he and his first at bat. It was very loud that day. And we had another another – significant moment in pirate history just watching him take the field that day and he was you know obviously moved to tears during that whole ceremony so yeah he is a great guy and he'll probably be in our pirates mm-hmm. hall of fame when once he retires how much do you think he has left in the tank i hope he has enough in the tank to get us through this year um he probably would want to play another one but we'll see i mean he was doing great last year until he had the injury late in the season in september so Hopefully, uh, all all injuries aside, he'll have a great 2024, and we'll see what happens after that. All right. So we're gonna before we close up the podcast, we're gonna step away from the Pirates for a minute and talk Steelers. So this was such a whirlwind of a season. People liked Mike Tomlin, they hated Mike Tomlin. Tomlin's coming back. Then we have the quarterback situation, and I follow Twitter, and just people are talking about trading for another quarterback. 
and Kenny Pickett being the man next year. And I, I feel it's a real shame because I like Mason Rudolph. I think he did a great job at the end of the season. I think he's capable of being our number one quarterback. And, and it's just like everybody's pushing him aside. Of course, he's a free agent, but they do seem to want him back. Uh, real quick summary of your thoughts on the Steelers, the quarterback, Mike Tomlin. Uh, Tomlin, great guy. He got to, he come to, he, he has come to spring training camp for a few times. So I got to meet Mike and real great, great guy, down to earth guy. Um, obviously hasn't had a losing season with the, uh, with the Steelers. Um, I was a former season ticket holder of the Steelers and my brother still holds, uh, our two seats. So I haven't really gone to a game in a few years, uh, but, and I follow them, but not as deeply as I used to. Um, but the whole court, I mean, who would have seen what Mason would have done the last, you know, week of this, the last four weeks of the season and in the playoffs, it was, it was phenomenal. Great. I mean, he, he bided his time, you know, sucked it up for two years on with the clipboard duty and doing backup stuff. And he came on and gangbusters and, and obviously it was great. So competition is good. I mean, we'll see what happens when they have their spring camp. And, and, and I think uh, having the competition for those two guys or three guys, whoever they, if they bring somebody else in a quarterback will be, will be good for the team. And uh, it's just we'll have to wait and see what happens with the Steelers. Well, you never know. Well, I hope that Pirates fans out there enjoyed this conversation with Jim Chernich as much as I have. We Pittsburghers are a loyal bunch and diehards will follow the Penguins, Steelers, and of course the Pirates win or lose. So for Jimmy T, this is your host, Harv Aronson. Thank you for listening to this podcast and returning every weekend for a new episode. Be sure to visit the official Total Sports Recall website at www.totalsportsrecall.com and feel free to email me at totalsportsrecall at gmail.com with any comments or suggestions. Until next weekend, I want to wish everyone a wonderful week ahead. The contents of this podcast do not represent the opinions of others and are solely the opinions of Harv Aronson based on his experience, knowledge, and research. Since 1881 is Allegheny to the Pirates plundering the National League. More than a hundred years later, still, still packing the seats. Every run we screaming out passionately. Yes. When the first World Series on Force Field, team spirit don't. Total Sports Recall is sponsored by Mira Artistry, where you can purchase beautiful fine art photography and abstract art. Contact Mira Artistry in regards to commissions and availability of the pieces on her site. She would like to create something special for you. For the photography and art lovers in your life, Mirror Artistry has the perfect gifts for you. Visit Mirror Artistry at www.miraartistry.com. That's M-E-R-A-A-R-T-I-S-T-R-Y.com. Mirror Artistry.com.